Welcome to the Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things podcast. These conversations are with people who are working on something interesting or have accomplished great things. We talk about their mission, their passion, and their purpose. And the whole idea behind this podcast is to deconstruct the habits that led them to do what they do and learn from their experience so we can give you a direct insight and actionable steps to pursue your own passion and follow your own interests. Today's guest is Faisal. Faisal works with athletes to improve their exercise performance and recovery through nutrition. He also works with busy people to help them commit to living a healthy lifestyle with more energy and joy. He loves witnessing positive change in people's lives and being a part of that change. He loves making people healthy, genuinely happy and confident. And he is dedicating his life's work into doing that. He is the book author of Fill Your Mind Before You Fill Your Plate as well as the founder of the mobile app Nourish that helps people live healthier, happier lifestyles. Faisal is very articulated and I found our conversation rich and interesting. We go through his beginnings, his challenges and ambitions and I like his approach to nutrition and especially how he adds the mindset component to it which is often overlooked by most of nutrition specialists. So without further ado, Here's our conversation. And yes, now we are recording. So, Faisal, how are you doing? I'm fine, Dries. How are you? It's been a while. It's been a while. I think last time when we talked, I was still in Indonesia. It was um, January or February. And yeah. I was preparing for a workshop uh, to do in Qatar and I was checking with you if uh, you can be a part of it, if you're available. I mean, the deal didn't went through. Um, the client wanted something specific, but you have always been in mind, in my mind since we connected a few yeah, years no. back. I don't remember when it was that, like two years ago uh, or something. Yeah, yeah, it was in, back in 2018, I remember. 2018, okay. Yeah, the good so, days. <laughs> so I was in Bali, you were in kuwait i believe yeah i was at kuwait at the time and where are you calling me from now so i'm uh, actually in dubai i just moved here uh, last week from from kuwait so still early days in my journey here okay and why dubai to be honest i'm uh, you know i came here at the end of the day to expand my business uh, you know i'm obviously still in the startup phase and dubai is, is the mm-hmm. startup hub in the middle east of course, you know, given the industry I'm in and health and wellness, it is the health and wellness hub in the Middle East as well. Um, so I think there's great room uh, for growth here, good opportunities uh, and a good way to scale the business, really. That sounds exciting, actually. And I know that there is also for startups, this 500 startup uh, capital ventures incubator. They are operating a lot in the Middle East as well. You know them? You know yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, the majority of them are, um, or a big percentage of them are in Dubai as well. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, just a great support system here, uh, you know, a lot of opportunities to network as well. So yeah. overall, yeah, I'm happy with the move and I'm excited uh, for the journey and what's to come ahead. Did you know people there before moving? I do, yeah. I'm actually, um, uh, my brother and his wife are here. I have friends from back home who are here, friends from university. So yeah, the, the move in that sense has been an easy transition. It's just, you know, I'm entering a new market um, where I kind of have to go back to square one and uh, really try to put my name and the brand out there as much as I can. 
Well, you know what somebody told me recently about this um, uh, back from square one? Um, it's, I, it's, she sent me a screenshot of a quote saying, it's not starting from scratch, but starting from experience. So you yeah. have started somewhere back in the days. I don't know if you were in Kuwait first or you were somewhere else before, but you, you, had, you started somewhere sometime. And now exactly. it's not starting from scratch, it's starting from that experience because that experience is not lost. Exactly. No, 100%. 100%. I mean, yeah, just uh, also I'm in, very much inspired by, of course, uh, Jeff Bezos. And he has a, a mentality where he calls it day one. So it's like always day one where you kind of put the same effort, you, you go through the same experimentations as you would have in, in day one. So that's kind of helping me push through this. So, yeah, it's been good so far. I'm enjoying it. And how do you, um, how did you learn about this? Like, uh, did you read a book about him or are you just following what's going on on social media or? Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I mean, he's for me, he's an inspiration. So I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos of him, interviews uh, with different people. And um, I'm still yet to read this book the, the, or the book about Amazon, the everything store, uh, mm. but that's on my list. Definitely. Do you read often? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, I love it. It's a great way to just kind of, first of all, learn. I mean, I read to learn, uh, especially in this phase. I, I read books mainly that I need to improve my, my knowledge on. And so as a, as a founder of, of a startup, you know, and, and given the fact that, you know, my background is in sports science and nutrition, mm. I really need to touch up on these skills. But, uh, you know, there's also a saying exercises for the body and reading is, is for the mind. So, um, yeah, I just I just kind of use it to to work on the mental side of things as well. And I guess in our line of uh, work, it's not like being a history teacher. You read the book of history and then you learn everything and then done. Mm. Things are changing over and over. Things are progressing, and we need always to be uh, reading new books, exposed to new information, learn from other type of practitioners. Right? You cannot just read one book and then you're done. Oh yeah, of course. You know, the, 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 the learning process is continuous. I mean, there isn't a point in your life where you can just, you know, throw your hands in the air and, and be like, you know, I know everything and that's it. You know, you have to, there's so many, a life is a library. There's so many things that you can learn from people that you can learn from. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's nothing better than just continually progress yourself and develop yourself and, uh, and gain new knowledge. And I think, you know, it's really important to kind of take what you learn from reading and actually implement them. It's not just reading it and then forgetting about it. I think also the follow-up is really important as well, which I'm trying to do um, at the same time. Mm, absolutely agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? You read, you read a lot? I do have a little frequency of, let's say, I don't know, two books per month, something around that. This oh, month wow, nice. I had three. I think I pointed at them on my newsletter was coming in a few days okay. uh, we are recording on the 29th but it will come before uh, the 1st of November okay yeah I, I need to feed uh, sometimes I do um, uh, refreshers so some books mm -hmm. I have read before I will read them again and yeah they're they are my um, how to say anchor um, how to explain that? So, so you know the saying, you're the five, you're, you're the sum of the five people that you hang out with? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. I like to say I'm 
I'm uh, the sum of uh, the the five books that I live by or something. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's a good idea. I need to, there are some books that I definitely want to go back to reading, uh, which kind of like you or the anchor. That's a good idea. I'll mm-hmm. need to uh, talk to you sometime on how to complete two to three books in a month. <laughs> Audio, oh, easy. Audio books during commuting and make okay. the commuting slow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, well, uh, unfortunately, my, my average commute time is like 15 minutes. So, At the fitness probably. also, when you do fitness, I put I plug the headsets and then I, I do my workout and I'm listening to something. Oh, that, that's a good idea, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take you up on that for sure. <laughs> Boom. So Faisal, since we connected on LinkedIn a little over um, two years ago, it, I have been following closely what you do. I mean, your your feed comes, uh, your your publications and things come into my feed very frequently. But I don't know the backstory. I don't know what brought you to become who you are today, and what passion, what what is the passion coming from, and. I'd like us to deconstruct that, unpack that, and talk about the backstory, but also maybe start first with sharing what you do now, uh, the startup you have that you mentioned, the the book you have published a few years back or a year ago, something like that, yeah. and what is it that you do? Just like a small introduction of who you are, what you do. Yeah, definitely. So, so yeah, I'm the founder of uh, Believe Nutrition. It's a uh, nutrition, I would say, consultancy aimed at helping busy people commit to living a healthier lifestyle with more energy and joy. At the end of the day, you know, my mission is one thing is, is to help people um, feel empowered and feel um, or live a healthy, happy and confident life. Um, uh, you know, we just want people to achieve their own personal greatness and be the best and healthiest they can be. Um, my book is, is called Fill Your Mind Before You Fill Your Plate. It's about the five pillars of living a healthier lifestyle. And as the title suggests, you know, my philosophy as a nutritionist and my approach um, within the business is, is to really focus on like the, the, the mindset elements um, when, when wanting to transition into living a healthier lifestyle. You know, a lot of people these days, when, when they first want to make change, they'll go and sign up to a gym. They'll perhaps see a nutritionist, work with a health coach, and they might do well for the first month or two. But then what typically happens is they'll drop off. And the reason why is because they haven't really um, framed their, their mindset or, or shaped their mindset in a way that will allow them to be consistent and allow them to maintain a healthy lifestyle and be able to kind of push through uh, the journey because at the end of the day, the journey is difficult. There's a lot of ups and downs. And if you don't have um, the right mindset going into it and, and, and kind of yeah, shaping your mind to get ready for what's to come, then, you know, I feel like you'll always just, you know, people will always go back to, to, to just their old habits and their old routine. And, um, you asked me about my story and, and actually my story links with the book. Mm-hmm. I'll take you back and, and I'll take you back to 2008, you know, growing up as a kid in Kuwait. I, w- I was always active for the most part, you know, I was playing sports in, in my high school and the badminton and, and football team for four years. Uh, you know, I used to love playing and watching football. And um, I decided to to continue my um, my education at the University of Maryland. That's where I um 
studied uh, or got my bachelor's degree. And uh, I decided to specifically go to Maryland because I knew no one and, and no one knew me. I wanted to go to a place where I was completely out of my comfort zone. And uh, I was just kind of getting used to this idea of being comfortable with the uncomfortable. Uh, maybe this was part of me as, a, as who I am. Uh, maybe this is something that kind of I picked up as I matured, but this is the experience that I wanted. And actually, you know, a big part of who I am today and why I do what I do today is down to those four years that I spent in the U.S., you know, being in isolation, really, where I was, you know, I didn't have any friends. I had to start from scratch. You know, I went all the way from Kuwait to the United States of America, uh, no family. Um, everything was just completely foreign to me. Um, so it was tough times, I'm not going to lie, but, you know, uh, in hindsight, those rough moments, the being out of my comfort zone allowed me to um, find my passion, find my true calling, which is, um, you know, I guess at the time it was kinesiology, which is what I studied. So I was, you know, in Kuwait and, and back then in 2008, you know, our families kind of um, brought us up with the notion of focusing on just the typical majors that we knew of, you know, medicine, business, engineering, law, nothing else at the time, you know, really was, existed in our minds. And um, I remember I went in as an economics major and I eventually wanted to apply into the business school because after all, that was all I knew back then. And so in order to apply to the business school, I had to take some prerequisite classes. And, and the first class that I took was accounting 101. Uh, the class was for 60 minutes, and I can tell you that it was the, by far the worst 60 minutes in my entire university career. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, I felt lost. I felt uh, like I had no desire in the subject. Um, I didn't resonate with it. I just hated it. Um, and literally, as soon as the class finished, I was living at the dorm, in the dorms at the time. I went back to my dorm room. I called my parents. I told them, guys, listen, like you know, with all due respect, you know, I, I definitely don't see myself continuing in this field. I don't see myself working in it. it just doesn't resonate with me. I found no interest or passion in the subject and I need to do something else. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't drop economics at the time because I was on a scholarship, so I had to keep it. But uh, I, wanted, I was thinking of what else I could study. Uh, first, it was psychology, but then, you know, I started thinking to myself, what is it that I talk about a lot? What is it that I practice um, or, you know, do on a daily basis. And, and, and I realized it's, it's sports and exercise. Uh, you know, growing up, like I said, loved watching football as a kid. My dream was to be a football player. And obviously, when I was at university, I realized that dream wasn't going to be achieved. And so my next dream and goal was to be like, well, let me actually work towards actually working in football. And that was a big kind of motivation for me. And that's what led me to create or to study, sorry. Um, Working in football as in... Um, soccer. In, in the soccer industry or as Yes, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. So to work in the soccer industry. Be it, uh, so at the time, my idea was to work as like, you know, fitness trainer or set strength and conditioning coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I double majored kinesiology and economics uh, as soon as I graduated from, from the US. So actually... So, so that was kind of like the professional side of things. The personal side of things, you know, I, I, being in the U.S. was also just a completely foreign um, 
environment for me in terms of the health and fitness scene. You know, when I used to wake up at 6 a.m. to prepare for my 8 a.m. classes in the morning, I would see people running at the, in the streets. And that for me was so new, you know, coming from Kuwait, especially back in 2008, where the awareness of this lifestyle wasn't as much as it is now. You wouldn't see anyone on the road. There was like only a handful of gyms, barely any probably no healthy restaurants. So this whole idea of seeing people kind of exercising, especially early in the morning, you know, I was in a division one school. So seeing all these collegiate athletes, you know, American football players, basketball players in campus, just looking at their physique, you know, all these things were completely foreign to me and it motivated me to, to kind of be like, well, you know what I, I did always, sorry, go ahead. I guess I guess it was uh, also in the right place in the U.S. because the U.S. doesn't have always that reputation of people being fit and doing health. And, you know, you're eating, uh, you know, you heard about American diets and so on. Of course, yeah. of course. So that's yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, being in, I guess, in a campus, you know, when you're surrounded by students, yeah, it's different than athletes. It was different. So that was all amazingly um it was just great to be surrounded by. And so that's what also got me into the lifestyle. And so... You know, aside of wanting to be involved in the in the industry of, of soccer, uh, football, I always wanted to be an athlete. And, you know, I was like, you know what, let me at least have that mindset and, and work and exercise as if I was an athlete. And so I started, you know, looking inwards a lot and um, started to uh, tell myself, well, enough wishing. Now is the time to start doing and, and start practicing you know, eating well and, and exercising on a daily basis and, and, and being patient with my goals and, and, and not expecting to see results and uh, putting in my mind that the, the, the journey is going to be difficult. And it was difficult. You know, there's a lot of ups and downs when, you, when you're trying to live healthy. You'll travel, you'll get peer pressured from friends and family. Um, there's so many obstacles that will come in your way. And I, I just kind of developed, focused a lot on myself. Uh, that's where the love of reading books, especially self-help books, started. Uh, you know, reading a lot of things online, um, listening to podcasts, and, and social media. Actually, I didn't really use it back then. Instagram wasn't even existent, nor Twitter back then. Uh, but you know, I had to just use whatever resources I can, and uh, that's where the idea of the five pillars came. So the five pillars are our mindset, belief mindfulness, sacrifice, and habits. And it's all in that order. You know, when I used my kind of personal experiences uh, to help shape um, those clients that I work with. Uh, so, you know, that's why it's fill your mind. Because for me, mindset is the first, it's, it's the first thing to start with. You know, uh, if, if you're not uh, anticipating the, 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 the journey. A lot of people think, okay, yeah, you know, I want to start the gym. I want to lose weight. I want to be healthy. They think it's smooth sailing. They think it's an easy process. Once they get, once they get hit with their first obstacle or challenge, they don't know how to react. And so for me, I, I, I like to say, you know, uh, I, the two A's. So I used to like kind of anticipate some challenges and accept them. And, and so by just kind of um, reframing my mindset, I was able to deal with challenges and the stress of balancing schoolwork and friends and, and, and then my health goals, I guess, all in once. Um, and then belief, you know, at the end of the day, you know, being in the States again alone, you know, I had to, the only person I could rely on is myself. 
So I had to believe in myself. Um, I had to uh, believe in my goals and, and believe in, in the journey to get to my goals. And uh, alongside belief is the idea of having this growth mindset. I'm sure you know the, mm-hmm. the growth and fixed mindset. Sure. Um, and so, you know, I had to start kind of working towards having this growth mindset, which allowed me to learn and read. And, you know, I even was telling some people the other day, uh, I knew I, I, as a student, I actually hired a personal trainer, not because I didn't know what to do in the gym. I knew what to do in the gym, but I hired him because I wanted to just see how he deals with clients, how he um, organizes or structures his PT sessions. Uh, so it's just kind of that curiosity and, and willingness to learn and, and develop myself. And then mindfulness, you know, there's so much with mindfulness, but like once I started that self-awareness process, it allowed me to be mindful of, of what I eat, uh, how much I eat, and even why I eat. Uh, being, you know, it's also allowed me to be mindful of my emotions. You know, I was going through so many emotions at the time, again, being alone as a, as a teenager in the States. Um, and then sacrifice, you know, there was a lot of times where I sacrificed sleep time, for example, or I sacrificed time with friends or, you know, just to, to work out. I was so crazy with, with the gym back then, you know, I used to not miss a day, mm-hmm. you know, um, but also just was so like on point with my food. I used to just like, maybe this is not the best approach for everyone, but it worked for me. I was just like really strict on myself and I sacrificed you were prioritizing. You were prioritizing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Um, and so all these, so mindset, belief, mindfulness, sacrifice, you have to practice these things in order to achieve the fifth pillar, which is habits. And if I didn't have, if I didn't practice the preceding pillars, I wouldn't have been able to change your habits, my habits. And, and that for me was kind of the game changer. That's allowed me to, till this day, after let's say 12 years still be able to maintain this lifestyle uh, it's allowed me this is my lifestyle this is who i am it's my new it's my, it's a norm for me it's a part um, of your identity it's who you are the, it's something the, you're just taking for a, a period of time but it is a part of what you do who you are 100 you know i'm not here following the next trend i'm not here uh, you know do, you know working out to look good necessarily and 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 show off in front of others it's it's because of, i love it it's you know the feeling of of it is amazing and and yeah and this is what i tell people a lifestyle is what is, what is the definition of a lifestyle? It's something that you practice daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. It's not something that you do seasonally. It's not something that you do just to prepare for a wedding or a trip with your friends or, you know, if summer's coming up and you want to prepare for your summer body and then winter let loose. No, this is something that you practice daily. And in order to practice that, you have to develop your habits and change them. And in order to do that, you have to have the right mindset, believe in yourself, be mindful, sacrifice. So everything's connected at the end of the day. And so that's ultimately what the book is about. It's, it's kind of bridging my personal and professional experience and allowing people to use the five pillars in their own life to be the best and healthiest they can be. But um, I would, sorry to interrupt, but I can already hear a few people saying, yeah, but you had the ground foundation. You were already sporty, you were going to the gym, but then... 
a few things you were exposed to in the US made you sign up to that even more? Is it there? What about me who has never been doing sports? I know somebody specifically now that I'm telling you this. I know, I know I'm thinking about somebody specifically that I've been working with who, who, who is never into it, but wants to be into it. And he's um, 39. He thinks it's over. It's too hard. It's difficult. And he, keep on, he kept on dropping off. What would you say to somebody like that? What would you say to this kind of comment? No, for sure. That's a really good point. And, um, but, but, but this is what I tell people at the end of the day. Yeah. Maybe, maybe my story is not, you know, I didn't go necessarily through like a, a trauma, for example, or, uh, or, you know, I was, I was really, I was obese and then I lost a lot of weight or, or so on and so forth. But yeah, this is why I talk about a lot about the mind because mm. regardless of who you are, if you really put the time and effort to focus on your mindset, to do the best you can to develop yourself and have this growth mindset, um, you can do any, not everything's possible. You know, nothing's impossible. Um, and, and that's why I say, and that's why the book is titled fill your mind before you fill your plate. Because in the case that someone who, who has no experience, who doesn't know where to start, that's why I say, Yes, exercise is important. Fine, you signing up in a gym or get, you know with a PT is important. Of course, fixing your food is important. Of course, sleep is important. But mm. for me, that's not the starting point. Even if you don't exercise, even if you kind of eat the way you normally do, start mm. with your mind first. Absolutely. You know, and and that's why it's the first pillar. Mm. And and the mind that uh, you, as you know, it's the mind is so so powerful. And, and when you have the ability to take control of your mind rather than your mind taking control of you, then that's when you will see success in your health journey. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so that's my advice to anyone who's listening who may not resonate with my story per se, is that fine, well, you got to really focus on your mind. Have that growth mindset where you want to con- you want you believe that you can improve that you believe that you can make it a lifestyle that you want to learn from people uh, you have to have a long term thinking as well um, a lot of people want to see results right away and that's not part of having a growth mindset you have to think long term um, think of your future self as well this is what i you know don't treat your future self as a random person you have to connect with the person that you want to be you know uh, i wanted to be this you know, athletic fit guy. I wasn't back then, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, I played sports, but I wasn't I'm much more athletic now that I won, than I was back then. But that's because I continually reminded myself of who I wanted to be mm-hmm. and, and, and why I wanted to do all of this. And speaking of the why, this is what I always, you know, will also tell people is if you're starting from, from nowhere, think of your why. Absolutely. Why, why do you want to do what you do? For mm-hmm. me, it's why I got into this. It's, it's because I want to just be as healthy as I can for as long as I live. And, and I want to be as independent as I can for as long as I live. And uh, dependent, I mean, you know, not relying on, on people or equipment as I grow old, for example. Still being able to be functional and healthy. Or healthcare system or medicine or anything. You want to be self-sufficient with, uh, with yourself without relying on something else to make you healthy or fix problem or an issue right 100 percent. so start with your why write it down 
keep it in a place where you spend a lot of time in. I believe in visualization a lot. The more you see something in front of you every day, the more it ingrains in your subconscious, the more it keeps you grounded, the more it gives you a purpose and an intention to live for. And in the, in the moments where you're going to feel demotivated in your journey and you will feel demotivated in your journey, then always remember why you started because that will give you the motivation again to pick up and continue back on, on the right track. Right. So we have a few things in common there. So obviously we work with the mindset with our clients. We also work with professional athletes and business professionals who want to optimize their life. I generally work usually um, uh, with my clients a little bit holistically, but I don't go too much into nutrition. I can ask questions about nutrition or uh, lifestyle. I can tell them how satisfied are you, for example, today from uh, this and that and how would you say you, sell, you see yourself improving for example i had a client who uh when we looked at all the dimensions of performance uh, to simplify that eat well sleep well think well and laugh well um, mm-hmm. the eat well was a little bit uh, weaker scored a little bit less than the others and when i asked the question of what needs to happen or first my first question usually is like what's the score Mm-hmm. How does a higher score look like? So we insist in here in picturing the image of eating better or having a better, uh, healthier lifestyle and nutrition. So that's the second question. And then I asked the question, the third one would be, uh, what stops you from actually acting upon that and um, taking better uh, proactive actions toward having a better, uh, healthier choices for nutrition. Yeah. And then it's often, I don't know, or often um, procrastinate a little bit about it or time. I don't have time to prepare and get things ready for me. Yeah. And these are, I think, the top three ones that are recurring both from an athlete's perspective or busy founders because the people i would work with in, uh, in the business side would be founders and founders uh <laughs> yeah. this is a little bit uh, uh funny to say but i found that founders are not usually the most um uh structured people they oh, are course. all the time all over the place to do a lot of things in the same time Definitely. it's not not like a project manager kind of role or a cto kind of role they usually those guys are a little more structured then they have their lunch boxes ready they know that at 6 a.m they have the sport at 7 they have this they have that and i'm a founder myself so yeah. uh, nobody get offended with that yourself you're a founder <laughs> i'm sure you have yeah. some sort of structure also i have my structure as well but generally speaking i'm talking here in absolute so what yeah. comes in my what comes the three excuses is that the time procrastination mm-hmm. and uh, i don't know like where to start from maybe so mm-hmm. what do you have to say about that what do you how would you approach a certain uh, this kind of answers i probably had this kind of uh, examples before yeah for sure look i mean look at the end of the day um where the world nowadays is so much different than it was back then you know we live in such a fast-paced world it's really hectic, uh, a lot of deadlines, uh, a lot of stress. If you're living in a big city, it's just always, you're always on the go and, you know, taking the train or the tube or the bus. So 
I don't blame people, you know, and then you have to balance between friends and family and gym and social events and so on. And then there's social media and all the distractions with social media. So I can completely understand everyone and, and I go through it as well. You know what I mean? Uh, this is normal. Uh, but then I'll, I'll just go back to kind of this whole idea of, of the mindset at the end of the day is, you know, we have 24 hours in the day. I'm sure people can find even half an hour to just maybe um, plan snacks for the next day, for example. Um, and it can just, just be simple, easy to carry snacks that will kind of keep them fuel, energized and nourished throughout the day. Um, and that's part of the mindfulness process, by the way. It's not only mindfulness in terms of what you're eating and how you're eating and so on. It's about anticipating what tomorrow is going to look like or what your week's going to look like and then be able to plan backwards, you know. Um, uh, and, then, and then, you know, if it's time to find the gym, well, well, this is where the sacrifice stuff can maybe come into play. Maybe you have to sacrifice, let's say, a half an hour of your sleep in the morning to get up and do a quick 20, 25-minute high-intensity interval session or sacrifice maybe um, time with your friends after work um, and, and, and instead prioritize the gym, you know. So, so it all goes back to you. Listen, at the end of the day, we, everyone has the ability to make change. Everyone has the power to make change. And it's up to the person to decide whether they actually want to change or not. Mm. Um, you are what you believe at the end of the day. If you believe you don't have time, if you believe that. Sorry, what were the other two problems? Well, but it was the time. It was um, procrastinating a little bit, uh, but but I get to a point with that. I mean, it, it's not necessarily about the volume and how often you do it. It's about being regular and consistent with it, even if you do once or twice a week. Uh, exactly. Healthier choices, then it will have impact on the long term. If you do more more volume, I mean, like six days a week, seven days a week of having everything uh, in check, then it will have maybe a faster. Um, uh, impact yeah exactly I, I like to say especially from an exercise point of view consistency over intensity mm -hmm. if you if you're being consistent uh, with your exercise and not necessarily thinking you have to go you know 110 percent effort every time then mm -hmm. then that's more important and um i don't know if you read the book atomic habits by james clear yes of course and 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 the book if you remember he says like just show up Mm -hmm. And what he means by that is if you don't have time to train for an hour tomorrow, mm -hmm. even if you train for five minutes, you just showed up, you're training your brain, you're getting into the habit of doing things. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if you can't eat healthy all the time, but tomorrow you decide to eat a healthy breakfast or one meal out of the day that's healthy, at least you've done it, you've showed up. And, and when you do these simple changes and you just show up every day, regardless of the duration or whatever, then eventually with time, just showing up will lead to positive habits and then will lead to positive change. Right. So, and also I think, or I believe, it's important to tell them why they, and how it can help them improve in what they already do. It's not something that is separated from what they're doing, whether they are athletes or business founders or professionals, but it's actually going to help them do better uh, and also um, not get the burnouts out of um, the only doing the work. So, for example, here what I'm thinking about, 
there is a connection between cognitive performance and good nutrition. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes that, that link has to be really um, obvious. So you say, okay, if I keep on doing coffee, uh, it can have negative effects in the long run. Of course, it gives me it keeps me sharp during my meetings, etc. But in the long run, perhaps it will have negative side effects, increasing acidity in the body, uh, sleep uh, issues, etc. But so how can we put the link for them so they can see that good nutrition can have an impact on your cognitive performance? For sure. I mean, you know, uh, I always, the, the way I work with, with, with my clients and my approach is I want people to be introspective and focus on feeling. Uh, and again, this is a big part of the mindfulness process, but this is, I would say, a big underlying theme of what of how I work with my clients and what I want them to achieve. Unfortunately, again, nowadays we are, we're associating, like, for example, nutrition um, with just looks. And especially when you have, like, you know, all these influencers and, and models on social media, you're always associating it with looking good and weight and numbers and so on. What I try to do with everyone and my advice to those who are listening is start paying attention to how you feel. So to go into your question, cognitive performance, when people start to eat more regularly throughout the day, when you start to eat better quality food, start paying attention to your focus levels, start paying attention to your concentration, to your energy levels, to your decision-making, to your mood and, and believe me, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% sure when people start really focusing on how good nutrition impacts their mental health um, they'll, and appreciate this feeling, they'll, they'll, that's what's going to motivate them. You know? But also there's the physical feelings too. You know? Pay attention to how your performance is during exercise when you eat well. Pay attention to your gut health. Do you feel light? Do you feel comfortable? On the, on the flip side, maybe you feel heavy, maybe you feel bloated. Um, emotionally as well, when you feel good, you're just going to feel happier. You're going to you feel more vibrant. You're going to feel more youthful. So this is what I always tell people is, is forget weight, forget, you know, looks, forget all of that. Yeah, sure, maybe that could be like, uh, you know, a small percentage of your motivation, but really focus on how you feel from a mental, physical, and emotional sense. And when you appreciate the feeling, you're going to love it so much. And it's, that's what's going to motivate you to continue living a healthy lifestyle. Right. That's a really good yeah. point there to focus on the feeling. Yeah. hundred percent. Emotional yeah. beings. Yeah. Would you mind um, then uh, diving into um, the core of nutrition, actually? And... Um, uh, Maybe it's going to be a refresher for some people. Maybe it's going to be new for them. But Mm -hmm. explaining that connection between um, mental performance and focus, uh, uh, good skin, good health, better energy. Um, I'd like also to go at some point to um, alcohol consumption, um, mm-hmm. cheat days how often you need to be strict how often like do you know your side of your, your philosophy around all these topics yeah 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 so um, you know it's, it's important and, and to have a healthy relationship with food 
And part of helping a healthy relationship with food is first to, to really start viewing food as nutrients. You know, we have a lot of people who love food, who are foodies. You know, we all love food. Um, but you have those who are like, you know, I'm not necessarily a foodie, but you have those who just love trying different foods and travel the world to try different restaurants and so on. But, and that's fine. You know, we have to eat for pleasure, for sure. We have to also eat to satisfy hunger, our hunger. But we also have to eat to give our body the best possible nutrients to maximize every function. Because at the end of the day, every function in our body um, requires, you know, certain vitamins and minerals and nutrients and requires good quality calories to optimize our mental and, and physical performance. So it's important to kind of, again, reshape the way you think about food and, and also think about food as nutrients, as a way to fuel your body in the right way. Um, and when people can start doing that, it will then start um, impacting, of course, for the better, their food choices and their food decisions. Um, so that's like really important. I always like to use the analogy of a Ferrari and, 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 and fuel, petrol. If you take a Ferrari and you put bad quality fuel in, in the Ferrari, um, Ferrari is not going to drive to the best it, uh, it can. It's not going to drive for long distances at fast speeds. But good, you know, put good quality petrol or fuel in the Ferrari and it's going to drive for long distances, have awesome horsepower um, and just, you know, be the great car that it is. It's the same thing with your body and, and food. Your body is the Ferrari and food is, is the fuel. Give your body good quality fuel, good quality food. You'll feel amazing on a mental, physical, emotional um, perspective. Give your body bad types of fuel, or in this case, bad types of food, eating sweets, fried foods all the time, and so on, being dehydrated. Then, of course, you're not going to you know, uh, work at the best of, or maximize your potential. Um, so that's, that's really important. Um, and yeah, so, you know, like I said, you know, every, every function in the body requires calories. You know, me and you sitting down right now, we're burning calories uh, through heart rate, through breathing, through controlling the body temperature. You need to give your body good quality food and calories to, to, to enhance every, every function in the body, improve skin, improve the, the healing of wounds. Um, again, you know, just... Um, enhancing your mood, uh, we know, we know, you know, your 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 gut is your second brain. If you're eating the right foods, if you're eating good quality foods, you're improving your mental health. You can help reduce stress, depression, anxiety. Um, so it's just it's everything's interrelated, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and and when you eat well, you can then sleep well because you know we know diets that are are high in protein have a better quality sleep for example we know that if you eat carbs especially good quality carbs one hour or more before bed it can help you sleep faster or in this or in other words improve sleep latency we know diets that are high in fat or high in sugar actually decreases sleep quality and can negatively affect your sleep um, and of course, when you, when you don't have good sleep, then you feel tired the next day. When you feel tired, you don't have the energy to perform well, to, you don't have the, you'll feel lazy to go to the gym. So it's just a cycle, you know? <laughs> Absolutely.
sorry what about uh good uh carbs you mentioned good carbs i know what good carbs are but i want other people to hear it from a professional yeah That's definitely well, i mean when i say good carbs i mean your complex carbs um for example like you know um you know your brown rice your brown pasta your brown bread your 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 legumes your vegetables uh you know whole grains like um like quinoa and barley and so on um Uh, the the quote-unquote bad carbs I, i don't like to use words good and bad but i i guess i just do it for simplicity's sake um are like you know the carbs from sweets and pastries and croissants and donuts and chips and you know these these category of foods um so that's that's what i mean by good carbs okay okay all right um yeah. What about cheat days? What do you say about that? Is there, is yeah. there such a thing? Do you believe in such a thing? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good question. It's a common one. Look, um, my personal philosophy is, is, first of all, just going back a step. When, when you eat um, as a lifestyle rather than eat as a diet where you're not limiting yourself and restricting yourself, you're not going to have this so-called weekly cheat day. People have this cheat day because they do so well during the week. They, they like try to really restrict themselves and limit themselves and hit the gym every day and try to eat well. And some people use this as an excuse to have that cheat meal. And then they get in this kind of like, deep cycle where they're just using the the cheat meal every time as an excuse to eat well and 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 hit the gym but when you're when you can satisfy your cravings and eat in a balanced way and eat in a healthy way i mean you can still have healthy burgers healthy pizzas there are so many uh, you know healthy catering dessert companies that you know will, will cook or bake sorry cookies and brownies using clean raw unrefined ingredients And when you do that, you won't, first of all, have the need to, to have cheat meals. But in the case of cheat meals, so we have to have cheat meals in the sense that, you know, we, again, I, I said earlier, we have to eat for pleasure, right? So, you know, eat because to enjoy yourself. But a lot of people have this notion of having a weekly cheat meal. I don't necessarily believe in weekly cheat meals because you number one, advise it. I would advise weekly. I think probably bi-weekly would be much better. Okay. Yeah, uh, because think about it. If it's a weekly cheat meal, um, that's four times a month. That's quite a lot, number one. Number two, actually, whether you have a cheat meal or a cheat day, it can potentially harm or hinder what you've done throughout the week. And then number two, it will, help, it will mess up your health adaptations or, or healthy lifestyle adaptations. And what I mean is that, again, once a week is quite frequent it can kind of mess up your routine of trying to be consistent. Um, so if you can kind of stretch that to once every two weeks, once every, you know, two weeks, I think is a good amount, you know, that way at least you're having a solid two weeks where you're eating well and you're able to develop that consistency and then enjoy a me and, you know, a cheat meal every now and, and then, mm -hmm. but yeah, so that's it really. Otherwise people should, you know, eat well and i mean eat for for the pleasure and have cheat meals just try not to do it regularly that that's all i tell people yeah i had i have tried uh in the past to do keto diets and 
I have heard back then that it was good to reboost the metabolism by having one day where you eat uh, not all the crappy things as possible, but you know, having a little bit of a break. Yeah. Um, I mean, it did work with me, the results that I needed back then to do mm -hmm. not not to do cheat days specifically because i don't know if it would have worked without doing them but um the keto in general worked and i think what i'm leading to with this question is uh, what about those type of diets what's your intake in them keto vegan uh, paleo yeah um, yeah so you're, so yeah <laughs> I'm, i'm i'm completely against diets to be honest um you know it's not the way people should be eating it's not the way people should be living their life because no one enjoys being on a diet um you feel very restricted and limited when you're on the diet and and both those two things will not lead to consistency and we know consistency is such a major component of of being the healthiest you can be and making it a lifestyle um at the end of the day Look, keto has medical benefits. And when I say medical benefits, I mean those who have some sort of diseases um, that can benefit um, maybe even diabetic patients, depending on the situation. But keto does have benefits. Vegan or plant-based diets, you know, for those listening, if you have ethical reasons uh, to go vegetarian or vegan, I respect that. Um, You know, intermittent fasting is, is, a, is, a, is a hot topic these days. But what I'm trying to come at is all these diets, um, ultimately, people go on a diet to lose weight. You, the, the, the fundamental uh, goal when it comes to lose weight is one thing and one thing only. You have to put your body in a calorie deficit whereby you're burning more calories than you are consuming. You do not necessarily, and I've had a lot of people who have turned vegan, or who have started intermittent fasting or went on a keto diet or became paleo uh, or went on juice cleanses to, to, um, to, to want to lose weight. But you can still lose weight by eating three, four, five meals a day uh, and still be in a deficit. You don't have to put your body through all of this. You don't have to you know, cut out foods and, and certain food groups from your routine. Um, and at the end of the day, unless there's a diet that has medical reasons, most of them are fad diets. They just don't work, um, period. Um, and there's no evidence. Not sustainable. They're not sustainable. They don't work. They're not sustainable. They don't provide enjoyment. And hence, people don't, are not consistent with it. And, and, and again, there's not evidence to suggest that these diets are indeed beneficial for weight loss. There's no magic diet. Mm. Um, and it all boils down to being in a calorie deficit. So this is what people need to, to start understanding is that you can still live a, a, a happy life where you're going out with your friends, you're socializing, you're eating foods that you like, but be mindful of, of how much you're eating, be mindful of what you're eating, stay active. Look, I always say, follow the basics. Unfortunately, again, um, I feel like even me as a practitioner, you know, we're confused and frustrated one day we hear one thing the next day we hear something else and and as a as a as a person let's say who's listening to this who's not like a, a health professional i really like feel for them because they probably confused. Feel, for, sure, <laughs> for sure for sure with social media and the distractions and the noise 
but follow the basics. What are the basics? Number one, eat clean and healthy 80% of the time. And 20% of the time is where you can eat foods that you enjoy. And this is part of finding balance, you know? So, but so long as the majority of the time you're eating clean, healthy, and unprocessed foods, then you'll be good to go. Number two, eat whole foods. Yeah, of course. Number two, eat regularly. Um, If you can eat every three to four hours, I think that's important because you're regulating your blood sugar levels. You're controlling your hunger levels so that you don't have all these crazy cravings throughout the day if you like starve yourself or eat one meal a day where you'll then eat anything and everything in front of you so by eating regularly you can control your hunger levels and and be and make better food choices and decisions number three portion control nowadays we do not burn as much calories as we think we do and we eat way more than we when than we think uh, we don't burn uh, again, depending on who you are, your act, your lifestyle, but generally we don't burn as much as we think we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why a lot of people were going through like a obesity epidemic and we're also eating. If you look at portion sizes in restaurants in the 50s, 1950s and now, they've almost doubled or tripled in size, you know? Right. Um, so we're just eating a lot. And number four, stay hydrated. And number five, stay active. Uh, you do these five things without having to go on crazy diets and, and all of that, you will, you'll see so many benefits that come after that. Mm. So keep it simple, follow the basics, no need to complicate things. And, uh, and that's what I, you know, preach. That's what you recommend. Yeah. 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 Um, very interesting. And, um, must say like I have tried all of them, tried all the diets for extended periods of time, not just two, three weeks. Like for them, for example, vegan was a year and a half, um mm. keto was also a couple of months and just wanted to see what works what doesn't and uh, how how i can what's my relationship with them like so what i'm doing right right now it's been now uh, at least i think two and a half years or three years yeah mm-hmm. is uh, intermittent fasting that just worked for me in my lifestyle not necessarily for uh fat burning or for uh, it's more for convenience convenience mm. i would say so i'm i'm sharp in the morning i'm sharp until now i haven't had food yet it's 1 p.m now that we're recording oh, wow. and, how, uh, how are you finding it very good i have a lot of energy i'm up since five i did gym at 6 a.m uh, uh not crossfit but like functional training mm-hmm. i had a lot of fluids through the morning uh tea oh, water nice. and so on so it, it that's the the one that I sticked with and the rest of the time I'm just eating clean yeah. as much as possible, whole foods, no processed as much as I can. I do have rice. No, rice not. I mean, I mean, rice is fine. Fine. Pasta yeah. and so on. But uh, what I was going with this is that what I find sometimes confusing, my brother is way more actually um, nerdy than me, I think in terms <laughs> of nutrition. And yeah. he's, we had a conversation last week about his eating habits and why he wouldn't eat that frequently because of that insulin levels that goes on spikes up every time you eat to burn down what you have uh, eaten and how that conflicts not conflicts but impacts uh aging Uh, the more uh spikes you have the more uh you 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 go into reserves of whatever. I mean, he would be able to explain that better than because, he, as I said, he's nerdy on that. Mm. And then also told me about um, 
protein intake versus carb intake um, and you know the effects of that uh, what is it that you can tell us about this uh, protein intake and um, supplements is that something yeah. command something healthy something unhealthy um Look, of course, as a nutritionist, I always uh, like to say food first, supplement second. If you're eating a well-balanced diet, if you're getting in your lean proteins, your healthy fats, your, your complex carbs, your fruits, your vegetables, you do not need supplements. Um, even if you, you know, you're trained and, and you exercise a lot, you, you don't really need supplements or, or multivitamins and, and so on. Um, look... <laughs> Again, depends. Yeah, everyone has a different philosophy, right? People will say don't take supplements. You know, some some nutritionists or practitioners will, will talk about the type of ingredients and, and and protein supplements and and artificial sweeteners and so on. You can find some good supplements out there. For me, I mean, I personally take a protein supplement, and but the only reason why I take it is because I train in the morning on a fast state, but I need I. I I have protein because it minimizes muscle protein breakdown that occurs during training, especially if you train on a fasted state. So in terms of muscle mass, in terms of enhancing recovery, I have a protein shake, uh, you know, before training in the morning, then I'll have breakfast after and that's it. I don't take any other supplements uh, other than that. Is a protein shake harmful to you if you take it, you know, on training days? Honestly, no, not really. Um, but in general, when it comes to supplements, uh, and now I'm putting kind of my sports nutrition hat on, uh, you need to know why you're taking the supplements. Don't just take supplements for the sake of taking supplements, um, uh, because we need to, because every supplement translates into a specific aspect within performance and recovery. Uh, some people take supplements and it doesn't translate into performance gains or um, whatever it is, or sport or type of activity that they're doing. Uh, so always know what you you know why why you're taking the supplement and what's the benefit and if it actually is specific to what you do, um, and then quality you know we have, there's a lot of batched so you know working with athletes myself uh, because of doping issues you know we have to make sure that if they do use supplements that they take stuff that are batch tested, and even if you know you're not an athlete listening to this you still want to take a supplement that's free of any illegal or harmful substances so. Picking a good quality supplement is, is important. And then, you know, we have the, I mean, the supplement industry is, is, is worth millions, if not billions of dollars. And there are so many supplements out there. But in fact, only six supplements are actually truly evidence-based with, with, with a scientific basis behind them. And that's whey protein, uh, creatine, uh, beta alanine, uh, dietary nitrate, or, you know, the compound found in beetroot, and um, and caffeine um, and sodium bicarbonate those are the six supplements that truly can help with exercise performance mm. uh, and then of course you have you know your vitamins and your minerals and you know your your coq10s and so on but again these things for me at the end of the day if you're eating well and, and you you're, you sleep well and you exercise and you stay hydrated um, you manage stress you don't really need supplements, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a money making industry. I think they want to just mm. exploit us as much as you can. And what about you? Do you, do you take any supplements or use any supplements? 
I do. I do use a few. So uh, with proteins, protein powder, I have a vegan version. I, I just because I don't want to spend too much time reading the label and what's right or wrong. I take one that is uh, clean and uh, vegan. Not, I, nice. I'm not vegan, but I just try to take that one. No, which one? Which brand? Uh, I can't remember, but I can put it off and put it in the show notes so you can see it as well. Nice. But, uh, one that is quite popular, uh, one I found on Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, I take now vitamin D. It's winter. and It's my first winter in six years. Uh, spend, I didn't have any winter. I had sunny uh, days for the past five years. So I think oh, wow. I need a little bit of vitamin D. Because the first time when I, I, I went to from Morocco to Sweden, when I moved there, uh, I was 26, 27. I didn't expect it to be that hard, especially that the country was the winter there. Winters in Sweden were way cold, uh, darker than mm -hmm. uh, than uh, Morocco. And mm -hmm. so I'm taking it as a prevention. I'm taking in uh, curcuma or um, mm -hmm. uh, turmeric, turmeric uh, yeah. uh, in uh, capsules. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what else that I'm taking? Magnesium, zinc, nice, uh, biotin. Uh, what else that I'm taking? ginseng okay uh, th those are the ones i have uh, okay so actually I, I like what you said the fact that and, and this is important also that's what i mean when it comes to supplements you're saying that you don't live in a sunny country so you take vitamin d that yeah. that's a good way of thinking for example like you know we're entering winter time now and vitamin d is a good one to take vitamin c so it's also being smart as to when you take you know your supplements um mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. you know um, depending so, so, yeah. what period of the year and so on right yeah, yeah exactly exactly and I forgot also iron I take you know I'm taking okay. iron. yeah yeah um, okay how about now we dive into a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey your startup what do you do at believe in nutrition and how you pack up everything that you've been telling me about all your knowledge all your experience into a product a service an app that is serving, that is delivering to people. And yeah. I'd like to start with the questions, how it is to be an entrepreneur? Honestly, it's, uh, it's been amazing overall. Uh, I love, you know, um, you know, working or being my own boss. I love, um, I love what I do. And, and, you know, just ultimately the reason why I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing is, is to make a difference in this world. I want to make people live a healthier, happier, and more confident life. You know, there's, um, there's nothing more, um, uh, I guess, uh, satisfying when you witness people uh, experience positive transformations in their life and when you're part of that transformation. Um, so it's, it's been amazing. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's stressful. It's, 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 uh, it's another type of stress than when you're an, uh, an employee. Mm -hmm. You know, you have so much pressure and, you know, you're working weekends and holidays and there's constantly stuff on your mind, constantly things to do. But at the end of the day, you're working on uh, making your baby grow, you know, so, so that's also a, a satisfying experience. And how do you manage stress yourself? What's your approach to that? Yeah, for sure. So I'm, I'm a very routine-like guy. I need to have a routine. And when I have a routine, it just makes me... Uh, and and then when I give, especially within that routine, time for myself, uh, I, I, I that keeps me sane. So you know, kind of like you, I wake up at five a.m. You know, I'll, I'll exercise for an hour. I'll do a bit of meditation. At least I'll have the first two days, two hours or so of the day 
for myself and that comes a really long way um, a lot of people just forget themselves and when you're constantly just giving giving and not looking inwards and, and giving your time for yourself it can make you feel lost and so yeah and then I exercise of course you know I eat well you know I try to get in some good hours of sleep so you know everything that I do is what I preach and then what I and I kind of um, kind of bring about or bring to life with, with those that I work with. So just allowing them to focus on like the holistic aspect of things, mm. um, allowing them to, to, to shy away from calorie counting. And so initially I, I used to do individualized meal plans. So people would come in, I'd have consults, I'd take their body measurements and then depending and then individualized meal plans according to their needs and their goals. Um, I do have a habit-based curriculum whereby I'd send them a new habit to work on on a weekly basis um, so to start kind of improving, again, their eating habits and behavior and just give them this very personalized one-to-one -one support, you know, where I'm with them every day on WhatsApp. Uh, they can send me pictures of meals and have that constant communication, send me pictures of menus if they're going to order food or go out to eat in a restaurant or communicate with me while um, while they're away. And so all of this work that I was doing inspired me um, to create uh, Nourish by Believe Nutrition, which is um, a daily coaching app that we mentioned uh, prior to this. Um, and it's basically a, an app whereby you know, no more meal plans, no more feeling like you have to follow something. Um, you're, you're tracking uh, your nutrition through taking pictures of your meals. Uh, and, and even when you take a picture of your meal, there's a hunger scale um, out of 10 and a fullness scale out of 10 so that you can determine how hungry you are and how full you are um, after you eat. There's also an emotional scale to see how you're feeling emotionally prior to eating so that I can see how your emotions can play a part into your food decisions and also see in terms of the, the, you know, the hunger scales, look into mindful eating. Are you eating because you're actually hungry or you're just bored? Uh, how, how much are you eating? Are you eating up to the point of feeling stuffed or, or full or are you eating to feeling satisfied? So a lot of the mindfulness element. And then you're also tracking your sleep, your hydration uh, and your exercise. And then being coached uh, on a daily basis, uh, being held accountable uh, because of the fact that you know you have someone to report to and someone's monitoring you. And uh, yeah, in hope of, of, of allowing the client to progress and improve on a daily basis. So I'm really trying to take nutrition and apply it in a, in a real life practical context where people can show us what they're eating, what they're doing, given their own lifestyle and busy schedule, but then be coached, supported, and motivated on a daily basis and manage their, their food and exercise given their own routine. So when you make it very personal to them very, and, and put it in a practical setting, this to me is where I believe you will create long-lasting permanent changes. But I can give you a, a perfect meal plan, but we don't we live in a perfect world. Every day is different today in this day and age. So you, you might come across things during the day that will deviate you from following the meal plan or even deviate you from getting the food that gets delivered to you if you subscribe to one of those meal delivery centers, let's say. Um, so yeah, that's that's the whole purpose. You know, it's it's providing Oops. that personalized mm -hmm. support, yeah. Is that the added value, the, the positioning that is different or do you, are there other uh, apps 
that are considered as competitors into what you offer? So th there are there are other apps out there. Um, you know, w with us though, what we're trying to achieve is yeah. First of all, there are a lot of tracking apps, but you don't get feedback on what you do. Number one. So we're trying. We're here trying to actually work with a real life human coach who's mm -hmm. monitoring you and and holding you accountable and coaching you on a daily basis. Uh, that's number one. Number two. Uh, we're not an app where um, you, you, you track your calorie intake and your macro intake. Again, I'm trying to shy away from numbers and I want people to really uh, focus a lot on the mindfulness part, you know, uh, being aware of how hungry and full they feel, uh, tying in emotional eating and, and seeing how they can uh, combat that. Uh, and also just using their eyes to portion control and making good decisions. So that's that's the second part. And number three, it's holistic, right? So I'm seeing you know everything that you're doing in the day, from sleep to hydration to exercise to to your nutrition, and and, and providing that holistic um, approach. Mm. So um, so yeah, that's that's where we come into play. Right. You know, and at what stage are you guys in terms of uh, the, the app is launched, obviously, right? Yeah, the app is launched. It's actually, as of now, it's a companion app to the Believe Nutrition program. So um, it's only available to those who sign up with us. But we are in, in a process whereby hopefully we'll be transitioning into a freemium model whereby people can use the app for free, use the tracking uh, features for free, but not get feedback. If you want to get feedback, you can then sign up to one of our coaching programs right and which stage are you in this is a startup uh, phase like are you in the early stage startup phase are you pitching for uh, for found fund funding or recruiting? yeah so yeah 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 so uh, i mean i i do have i did raise a bit of capital uh, in the past mm. um actually was was fortunate enough to get some government help in this mm. uh, from kuwait uh, but yes, uh, in the future, you know, I will be raising more capital um, to be supporting all the technological developments that I need um, to kind of achieve the vision of the app. Right. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Is this where you saw yourself when you were a kid? You know, yeah, I always, <laughs> uh, you know, at the end of the day, I guess I wanted to just start my own thing to, to just have that personal freedom really mm. and um and, and and hope of also one day achieving financial freedom and ultimately making a difference in this world i mean that's mm. that's what i wanted to do you know um and i love it so far it's been good it's been a huge huge learning curve uh and a great experience overall nice very nice um i'd like to go back uh quickly to the books because we talked about books in the beginning and see if you have book recommendations before we wrap up um let me see how we can uh add even more value to the listeners which i think it's we have been doing really really good and um yeah yeah definitely um if there are like two books off the top of my head and, and the topics that we've discussed the, the one i mentioned atomic habits by james clear mm -hmm. i think anyone who, who wants to change their habits should definitely read this book he puts it in a great way as you as you know um and then one book that really i think was kind of helped me elevate to the next level that's let's say is uh uh, by Tara Bennett uh, called uh, Emotional Alchemy. Um, really love that one. 
Um, uh, so I'll yeah, those two. Are, yeah, I'll put these two in the show notes for sure. Uh, what else are you up to? Is there any new anything, any new events coming up? Something where uh, you would like to tell people to join? Uh, see you somewhere? I don't know, speaking gig, uh, anything like that coming up? No, I wish. Obviously, given the times we're in, you know, uh, the public speaking gigs have decreased exponentially. Mm. Um, so everything right now has just been on social media and been digital through the app. So you know, if people want to know more about Believe Nutrition, they can visit our Instagram page at Believe Nutrition or, or our website believenutrition.net. Um, again, if you download the app. Uh, you won't be able to use it but hopefully you know just keep on the lookout and then one day it will be available to the masses um yeah otherwise a lot of stuff as you probably know is just through instagram lives through podcasts so just keep a lookout on the page and um, you know I'm, i'm trying to stay active as much as i can uh the page you just shared now is it your personal page slash company page or just company page or are they do you have separate ones Yeah, actually, as of a few months ago, I, I made my personal one public. So that's uh, my Faisal dot El Shawa. So okay. my first name dot my last name. Uh, and then Believe Nutrition is, is yeah, the, the, the brand page, business brand. Awesome. That's been a very packed conversation, I think. <laughs> What a lot yeah, of it takes there. <laughs> it was honestly, yeah, it was great to catch up. It was a, I had an awesome time, to be honest. That's cool. We should do that more often. Definitely, definitely the next book the next book the next phase of growth with uh with your app when it's become more public we can maybe have another chat yeah uh, 100% be my pleasure right so what's the rest of the day looking like for you uh not much i have uh, calls actually uh with for the next uh, four hours so it's gonna be a busy one yourself right. i do have a few calls as well um But um, I'll go and process this uh, recording first and then um, have some food. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> great, great. Well, now well, I wish you, you all the best. Yeah, thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Thank you. This was really amazing. Great conversation. And uh, I'll be in touch. And yeah, I wish you a very good one. Definitely. Likewise. Appreciate it. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. That's it for today's conversation. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the key insights that we shared on this podcast interview. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you didn't subscribe yet and head to my website, thebodyandmindcoach.com blog to find exclusive articles about various personal and professional development topics. And finally, if you are an athlete or a business professional who's looking for help to advance your career and navigate through whatever challenges that you may be facing to win your game, or if you are a corporate organization who would like to offer their team a workplace well-being workshop, or if you are a sports team who's looking at unlocking their full potential, go to my website, thebodyandmindcoach.com, scroll to the bottom and hit the contact button and reach out. Thank you and enjoy your day.